The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond and hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dormbush. I am joined this week for IGN's weekly PlayStation show Beyond by Lucy O'Brien. Hello. Hi, Lucy. Just us two. It's just us. No one else is joining us. Uh, if you're watching the video version, you may notice some changes, and we'll get to that in a second, but you'll also notice there are no other humans currently in the studio. Uh, this week is San Diego Comic-Con week, and Max and Brian are both gone. Uh, they are prepping for all their many, many Comic-Con misadventures that they're going to have. Uh, and then it just turns out it's really hard to get people uh, day before Comic-Con stuff starts to spare an hour or so of their day. I know, it's a real shame, but I'm very happy to be here. I'm also really happy that Max and Brian are going to uh, Comic-Con because Max produced one of the, well, he hosted one of the my most like intensely beloved Comic-Con <laughs> segments of all time, which was, of course, the interview with Tara Reid for one of the like various oh, Sharknado yeah. movies. Yeah. If you haven't watched that already, please Google it. It's a real trip in it, the best possible great. way. Yeah, uh, Max and Brian always do a fantastic job when they're uh, part of that show. I think last year Max s- has said like he continues to feel anxiety about it, but he was dealing with the cast of Aquaman. Oh, so you know, like a lot of pretty big names in that movie, mm-hmm. and I think he forgot to introduce Nicole Kidman at first. <laughs> he did. He yeah. did forget, and that's just a yeah. thing he has to live with for the rest of his life. Yeah, it keeps awake at night i understand uh what won't keep him awake is probably missing this episode because he has a lot of other busy things to do but uh we have a fun little episode i'm not numbering this episode this is an interlude episode one because half the cast is missing and then the rest of the office is very busy and two as you may notice if you're watching the video version hopefully the audio quality is still good we're in a different studio yeah it's a different space that will now be the new permanent home of beyond and all of our other shows here at ign all the podcasts um we have a whole new set of studios going on here so we've said goodbye to the old set then we said goodbye to sets in general then we said hello to the old podcast room as the new podcast room and now we're here yeah and like most i mean most of you were pretty nice about the old podcast room yes but like you know it was a little dark and so hopefully this new setting some of the panels were falling off the wall uh, which you may or may not have been able to notice but that's because that room went a little untouched for a while um yes but we have these brand new Huge put-together studio, so you can see uh, there's a lot, if you're watching the video version, a lot of new custom art on the back wall. We'll have uh, the Beyond logo up on the screen, hopefully be able to do stuff with this TV in the future. Um, But yeah, this set is hopefully going to be the space for many, many more Beyonds to come. We don't care about the other shows, of course. Um, But as I mentioned, we're getting used to this new studio, so there might be some kinks along the way as we figure out how it works exactly. But with that in consideration, I thought we could do sort of a fun interlude episode 
focusing mostly on viewer listener mail, mm-hmm. uh, some fun memory card stories, yep. and maybe talk about one or two funny things happening. Because the thing is, uh, in between E3 and Comic-Con is normally a dead time in gaming as it is. For PlayStation, it's even quieter. <laughs> I know, yeah, it really is. It is a super, super quiet time when it comes to news. So, like, I pulled up some stories on this laptop that we have in front of us of, you know, there's a new Super Monkey Ball HD announced today. Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz is coming this year. Uh, Amazon Prime had a PlayStation Classic for $20 this week. I mean, that which <laughs> that breaks my heart a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but when the PlayStation Classic was first announced, I was so excited because obviously that was that console was so close to my heart yeah and then when i read the reviews when it came out i just didn't even bother and now i'm just like oh i I don't even want to pay 20 bucks even for 20 yeah Yeah. it doesn't so you're not going to pick one up no i'm not it's just going to clutter it's just going to sit under my tv and yeah dust i like having them like i do have one i bought or i got one when it was like relatively on sale like one of those like 60 dollar prices but now it's even cheaper but it's one of those things where it's like i like having these mini consoles but i literally have not turned it on once it's not even plugged in it just sits there to be cute it's just there like it's like a sort of statement piece yeah that you buy for your bedroom yes this is my playstation classic but i say when i invite like dates of course this is my playstation classic this is my playstation classic now sleep with me that's a wow! You you go real direct with it. That's that's <laughs> I, that's commitment, and I'm impressed by that. I, however, am in a committed relationship, so no dates ever come over. No, oh. unless they're friend dates. Okay, but we really don't have those either. We're pretty uh, homebodies, so we just How's don't have dog? people come over. Uh, he's doing okay. I mentioned to thank you to everyone in the Beyond Facebook group who offered some well wishes. This show's already off the rails. I'm uh, sorry. I'm no, sorry. no, it's fine. I it's an interlude week. Um. He he's a little sick this week. Uh, he he's getting some rest today right now, but we're hopefully going to get him on some medicine and get him back to biting shape very quickly. Because boy, does he love to nibble at feet. Aww. Um, he's he's a foot man, mm. which was really hoping to not have in the house, but we yeah. do. Um, but yeah, he's he's doing well. Thank you for asking. Good. Yeah, hope, hopefully he'll improve pretty soon. Um, but he's not playing any PlayStation games right now, which is a problem. Yeah, uh, we're, we're thinking about kicking him out for, mm-hmm. but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, no, he's safe at home. Uh, other than that, though, like I said, it is a super quiet news week. Uh, I did want to briefly mention, in case you haven't heard, GameStop is apparently creating a, a new store concept that will offer retro gaming as the focus. Um, its stock has been plummeting recently, so this is sort of a new direction that they're looking to go in, and it essentially will have. Like stripping away the focus of being like, hey, what's the new hottest game? Fortnite, you can't really do much with that in a store, so they're going to focus more on retro gaming and stuff. Do you think like focusing on retro and bringing people in for that sort of like the more physical stuff will do anything for GameStop or? Um, You know, I I saw a bunch of these sorts of things trialed in Australia, except they were more like bar focused. So you could, you know, go in and have a drink and, and play old Mario Karts and stuff like that. And, that you know, much more of a sort of social space. I'm not sure what that's going to look like without the kind of social aspect that, yeah. like, alcohol brings sure. um, or even an arcade setting yeah. might bring. Like, barcades are popular here. Right. Uh, it's definitely, like, a model that can work. But I, yeah. don't, I don't know if it works for a national retail chain. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure either. I mean, I do definitely miss that side. You know, when we were growing up... Um, you know, you would always be able to play the latest game or yeah. a game that's coming out. Like demos are a big thing it's at, at, at retail stores, but you know that's not really a thing anymore. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, I th- I think it's a great idea. I think it's um, 
a really charming idea, but I just don't know that this is going to be the savior of GameStop. Yeah, it's it's a weird space that I feel like retail is in. Um, I can't remember. Like, if I go to buy a game, it probably is just at a Target while I'm also buying the 12 other things I need for my house. Like, I Yeah, I mean, I feel what they're sort of trying to do is go towards the kind of record. And I say this coming from a family who owns a record store. that <clears throat> um, They're going towards the kind of vinyl um, model where yeah. it's like, okay, the physical product is something that should be collected and treasured and that sort of thing. And, and it's tactile and it's, you know, something that you can share with other people and pass around. And I, I, I love that. I love that as an idea. I just, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what kind of atmosphere they build in these stores. Yeah. Because if it's just a regular GameStop with, a couple of old you can buy an nes now and yeah, yeah you know what i mean like it's not it's like ooh, look you know this console used to be around in the 80s it's like everyone's got like a mini nes now exactly so. yeah it, you need to i think offer something for the atmosphere and that might mean like maybe gamestop becomes a much smaller chain like maybe that company changes drastically obviously things have been on the downtrend they change drastically become yeah. a much more smaller chain and are focused on sort of occasional retail things that are more of a like come in grab food grab drinks play an nes or, you yeah, know, old school systems, like yeah, 360, yeah, yeah. Uh, PS3, yeah. the old school sort of oh, thing. Yeah. PS3, uh, though, <laughs> that ancient console. Um, but as I said, you know, there's not a lot happening in the world of PlayStation, except mm-hmm. if you go to San Diego Comic-Con, you can apparently buy PlayStation Gear Store mystery boxes. So that's sort of the level of things we're dealing with right now. Yeah. Um, other than that, I wanted to answer a lot of questions. Um from the Facebook group for Beyond. That's facebook.com slash groups slash podcast beyond. Uh, if you're not a member, feel free to join. There's a lot of PlayStation, but also various other discussions. So if you can only deal with like an hour of PlayStation per week talked at you and you don't want to do it yourself, that group also will happily serve you. Um, but we have a few questions from there. Anything else going on, Lucy, you want to talk about before we jump into questions? Anything in the world of gaming? I, uh, no, I mean, it, again, you're right. It has been a very quiet couple of weeks. It's weird, yeah. It is weird. It feels like something needs to, like, something giant needs to drop. Like, Kojima needs to do something. He's going to be a Comic-Con. Well, I hope he, he kind of acts crazy because I just, you know, I need something. I need something. I need some kind of big games-related thing You are thinking happen. about quitting because Kojima hasn't done anything crazy recently, right? Well, that's the only reason I'm in this business. Yeah, for Kojima. For Kojima. For the Kojima crazies. Well, that's, that's it. Yeah. You know, like, he's he's had some great tweets right lately. Yes. Like, yeah. like, really good, yes. really good value. He, so get on. If you don't follow Kojima on Twitter, get on it because it's just, oh. That's what we're kiss. really here to plug. Kojima on Twitter. That guy <laughs> needs the followers. We just want to help him out. Um, but other than helping him out, we want to help the viewers and listeners in the Facebook group. So let's jump there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have vetted some of these questions. Maybe not all of them. So we'll see if any of them are not great questions. I'll just cut them out, but probably they're pretty great questions. Um, David asks, what current game studio would you like to see develop a game for the SNES platform? So if someone decided, hey, I'm done developing right now, I'm going to go develop for the SNES, who would you want to do that? Mm, who would I want to do that? I mean, there are so many indie like studios that would do great yes, developing yeah. on that platform. The Shovel Knight guys yeah. would probably make any game of the year contender for the SNES. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, it would be really interesting to see a really big studio used to working with um, – you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars uh, have to kind of 
do a bit of less is more. Deal with the confines. Of yeah, yeah, like, and see what kind of creativity could come out of that. Let's see Naughty Dog. Ooh, yeah. Uh, would you like to see them tackle a franchise they currently have or make a new franchise, like Uncharted 2D for SNES? I love the idea of Uncharted 2D. Um, I'd love... I mean, think about it. Like, in the Last of Us world, you know, video games aren't being developed, but maybe... There are indie devs in The Last of Us making games based on that world. Yeah. And then imagine if one of those went onto the SNES. I so mean, I love that idea. W- within the fiction of The Last within of the Us. Within the fiction of The Last of Us. Okay. Think about like some like post-apocalyptic little society and there's going to be like a, a young hungry game dev like really wanting to start again, like build the industry up from, from the ashes and like he can only sh- – Get like he found a SNES from the rubble in the body of a freaker. Yeah, and he's programming for it, and mm-hmm. he makes this game. I kind of like see that. that idea. I like that. I could see that work. That so would, it's, it's woven in within the universe. That feels like if Devolver Digital had the Last of Us license, what yes. sort of game they would publish would be that. Yeah. Oh, um, absolutely. I would also, yeah, for the more easier sake, I would like to see Retro because they basically have been making those sorts of games with the Donkey Kong and Tropical Freeze and all those uh, recently. Yep. They've basically just been continuing Donkey Kong games as they were on the SNES. So just keep doing that. Yep. They make those games pretty good. Uh, moving on from that. They make those games pretty good. As I'm known for, Rowan asked, would it be possible to have a bigger memory card segment this week then because of the you know lack of subjects to talk about we will have more memory card to talk about in just a bit um were you on the episode when we talked about playstation tv no. being a thing so then this question is pertinent uh nathan asked with cuphead getting a netflix series what sony property would transition well to tv oh no i was you were i Am thought I, you meant playstation tv when we talked about the sorry the peripherals <laughs> name is the playstation tv yeah this this episode lo, uh, look i'm gonna be real with you this episode is not for those of you who want to listen to the latest news in the video game world for an hour if you want to listen to us ramble about whether or not we remember being on certain episodes <laughs> this is for you sorry it's a bye week. I wanted to make sure, you know, I almost was not in today. I wanted to make sure we had something to yep. put out, so I thought we'd talk about it. Um, well, anyway, is there anything, since we've had time since that episode, any other PlayStation franchise that immediately comes to mind? Uh, Nathan suggested both Astrobots and Little Big Planet, which I think could make great children's cartoons. Yeah, I mean, I think I, when we first had this convo, I threw out uh, Little Big Planet just because I just, I think that's such a charming uh, sort of franchise for TV. And I really imagine it being like, I mean, I'm not sure how much you grew up with British kids TV, but like not we didn't, we did in New Zealand because it was just like we didn't, we only had like one kids show, and so everything else came from. What the was States. that kids show? Um, we had Play School. Okay. Yeah. Was it spelled with a K, like S K? No, that's a very okay. American sort okay. of just thing. Curious. Like, whoa, it's spelled <laughs> with a K. What? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I can kind of imagine it just being really charming and like whimsical and. You know, voiced by Steve. I mean, of course, Stephen Fry was the original narrator or whatever, but like, I'd love him to sort of narrate like short little. It would be so charming. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be really great, especially if it was like sort of a. You could almost do like a fun nature documentary style thing yeah. with that sort of voiceover role. I would really love to see. It's already been announced, but it's sort of been dormant for forever. But there was the announcement of a Sly Cooper animated series yeah. that kind of just went away for years i think it's been since like 2017 that was announced or so and i just want to watch that like i i love the sly cooper world andrew goldfarb if you're listening please make sucker punch revive sly cooper somehow and it's just crazy to me that like just do it please gone yeah whatever you're doing stop working on that and work on sly cooper Mm. 
Um, I just, I love that franchise and it feels so, it's so silly, but like imaginative, like the way they use the animal puns and the anthropomorphism and everything is like really, really well thought out and really funny in its silliness and like it's silly in a positive way. And so like, I wish that franchise was still around. Obviously I know like Sucker Punch and Naughty Dog, like they've evolved from their like former platformer sort of focused days, uh, the more cartoony days, but I wish those franchises could still have somewhat of a life. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and I really do think that sort of like my, my head always goes to children's sort of TV. It's a great because avenue, Because, yeah. yeah, when you sort of think about like other massive PlayStation properties like Uncharted and, and The Last of Us and God of War, you know, they're very, very, they would require a great deal of production value that television may not necessarily be the best platform for yeah and for those it's either a discussion of like is it going to be a movie or a netflix series like that seems to be where those come down to so it'd be nice to have some of those older franchises especially come back in that form um similarly sort of on the note of those older franchises duncan asked if there was a ps2 classic what games would have to be on it uh i'm gonna pretend there weren't the terrible clear licensing issues that happened with the playstation classic if you could have let's say three games that had to be on the playstation 2 classic what would they be oh my god you go first i'm gonna need to think about uh it. and i think these i i want these picks to be give me at least one that's personal like two can like kind of make sense but one personal for me the personal one is going to be ssx tricky uh i played that game to no end uh that's one of my favorite like arcade sports games and the ssx franchise dying off has always been like a very sad sad aspect of my gaming life and i probably played tricky so much like that was also one of my mom's favorite games so we would play constantly together um that's lovely but when i found like we would we would play to the point where because essentially you would play through and you'd unlock more of the snowboarders and unlock more of their outfits and their boards once we completed everything once we got gold medals on every race every trick event all of the costumes everything we would just delete the save and start over um i love that i so love we, that we went through that game like four or five times easy um over the span of a couple years and i just think that game also technically plays so well um, yeah. i really really love the trick system in that game and i wish wish so much wish we could see that come back well i'm cheating because i just like i was just like, looked at i up. just i just need to <laughs> know exactly what the you know because it's it's just I don't want to leave anything out. Yeah. So, okay, for me, it would be Middle Gear Solid 3. Okay. And again, I know that it just wouldn't happen. Like, it would be... Konami wouldn't. It just wouldn't. How the Metal Gear Solid collection is not on PS4 is such just like a missed money opportunity. I know. (laughs) I know. I mean, it was so great on the um, Vita. Yes. Like, it was was such a wonderful home for it. Yeah. Um, I would want that. I would want uh, San Andreas. I would want Silent Hill 2. I'm just picking it from, like, the best. Oh, no, it's fine. Yeah, I just literally Googled that just to see. It's funny. Something like Shadow of the Colossus I should be on there for its pertinence, but I don't think should take up the space of another game because you can get such a more modern version of it now. Yeah, I agree. And that's, like, that's it. Like, I just... There are so many games from the PlayStation 2 era that have been kind of remastered or what have you. Um, I would also love to see Burnout 3. Ooh. On Is that the Revenge? Takedown. Oh, Takedown. Okay. I loved that game. That was to say, I'm not a big, like, car game person, um, but, you know, Burnout was always different. It was always more about, like, carnage. And, yeah. and I, uh, I was obsessed, obsessed, obsessed with that game. 
And I'd love to play that again on a PlayStation 2. In fact, like, this is the thing. I w- there's so many wonderful... The PlayStation 2 was just It has an incredible... incredible yeah. Like incredible console with an incredible library. It's actually really hard. Like I'm just like looking through this stuff. It's actually quite hard to sort of narrow it down. But well, those are the ones that immediately like just looking through this list. Those are the ones that would immediately. And especially want. for a like most of these legacy consoles, like mini releases, have a relatively small library. Yeah. Um, so one, I think this system would need to either have a really packed library or you'd be able to download games after, like yeah. 20 per year or something like that. But I've always, that's that's how I've always wanted it. It's to crazy be with those, yeah. you know, like like the rock band model where you just don't, you keep downloading yeah. songs, like you just keep downloading games. Well, it, it's probably like the eShop thing. Like Nintendo didn't keep doing the eShop and there's got to be a reason. Like yeah. everyone loved the eShop, but they stopped doing it. And my, I assume the reason's money. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, there's so like from exclusives to like obviously for me personally, but they are really important to that era. But like Kingdom Hearts one and two should totally be on there. Yeah, the Ratchet games, the Sly Cooper games, like on the first party side, um, major Final Fantasy games like ten, but that's been remastered. So you know, like where do you balance that there? Jack and Daxter. Jack and Daxter. It's such a weird sort of. Oh yeah, Tony Hawk. Uh, any of the first couple pro skaters mm-hmm, would mm-hmm. totally have a home there. It's one of those weird things where it's like they, so many of these games are great and would deserve a place. We have so many better versions of some of these games, yeah. but some of them are locked on the PS3 or some of them are locked on Vita. And it's that's the weird thing with where games are right now. It's yeah. like, how do you continue making sure older games have a life long after? Yeah, it's a very strange... Um it's a very strange phenomenon because you don't really see this. You don't see it in film. You don't see, you know, books just get re-released over and over. Music yeah. has, is just digital now, basically. Yeah. But it, games are still kind of locked onto certain systems that aren't necessarily readily available. They're really, unless, of course, you're dealing with, like, PC stuff or emulators and whatnot, like, yeah. you're really beholden to the platform the thing was created on. Yeah. Whereas, like, a, a song that was recorded on vinyl or a cassette can still be heard on Spotify now. Yeah. It's not precluded from that new software. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I wish we could have some of that stuff because no, would I spend my time playing PS2 games all the time and not new games? Of course not, but there's a mix you can find. And yeah. I think that would probably enrich a lot of everyone's sort of understanding of games, especially younger generations. I agree. I sound like an old. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you're, I'm a lot older than you. At but like, two years, yeah. <laughs> um, and I am, yeah, I am like... For me, I sort of look back and I'm like, oh, I w- would love to show kids these days, kids these days. I would love to show like kids, you know, the games that I grew up with and the games that I played. And it's just, it's not, it's not as easy as you think, as it should be. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. There's, yeah. so, there's so much red tape, there's so much politics involved. Yeah. It's an interesting thing to have to deal with. And yeah. we'll, we'll see how future generations, especially as like backward compatibility becomes so much more important to yeah. the conversation, how that'll change things. Uh, moving on from that question, Patrick asked, if you could have one Sony mascot as a pet, who or what would it be? Perhaps a bandicoot or a Kratos. I don't think I'd want a Kratos as a pet. A bodyguard, maybe. I mean, that's kind of kinky. Yeah, yeah. If he's your pet, yeah, you're into some stuff. You're into some you really And that's into fair. Some stuff. No, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying if no, he's no, your no. pet. No, no, that's no, no kink shaming. Yeah, absolutely. But like that's yeah, that's that's a different thing than mm-hmm. a cute bandicoot as my pet. Yeah. Um I mean, uh, I would probably, I would probably go for the obvious and go for like Sackboy. Yeah, he'd be a cute pet. He'd he, be cute. He, uh, he seems really he'd be like cute or weird. I mean, it definitely would be a little weird to have a bipedal 
like stitched together human man made of craft you materials. And you don't really know how like smart it is. Yeah. Like he could be evil. Also, what's the lifespan on a sack boy? Yeah. Or he could have like rules like gremlin rules. Yeah. And not, true. You know. And that, yeah. So I don't know. Don't like, build a level after midnight or yeah, sack boy will go insane. He could also be like, it could be kind of a little bit boring. Like, yeah. What, is, what does a sack boy do when it's, when he's not sort of. I mean. Platforming. If he's truly, though, you know, to the spirit of Little Big Planet, maybe he's crafty and could make mm. things for you. Yeah, spends his whole time knitting. Exactly, but that'd be adorable. Yeah. I, as opposed to like the Astrobots, I wouldn't really want them. No. They're they're cute to see like run around, but I feel like they'd be more mischief causing yeah. than you would want, and I just don't need that in my life. Yeah, I personally would. They're not like PlayStation first party, but like in terms of sort of an exclusive originally, uh, Morgana from Persona, of course, cute cat. <gasps> um, Think of Morgana. Cute horny cat who doesn't want that in their life. Yes, I love him. Um, I, I would like a clicker from The Last of Us because I feel like I could like benefit from that financially. How so? Tell me your scheme. Well, I Tell just, me your money-making scheme. I just scheme. think that it would be of great interest to in many governments. <laughs> you would, do you think you could sell them that access, though? They would probably like commandeer your clicker. No, I would sell them. Okay. I would be very crafty and... Cut many deals and pitch the governments against each other and be some kind of genius mastermind. The world comes to the end over a fight for a clicker. Maybe make a clicker army take over. This is getting dark and I'm, I'm kind of afraid okay. of where your head's going. Yeah. Uh, Casey asks, what is your dream franchise that you would bring over to PlayStation that has no chance of appearing like Mario games on PlayStation? Uh, I know we've had this question before, but I don't know if you've been on an episode with it. So I was just curious for your thoughts of a non-PlayStation franchise you would want to bring over to PlayStation. Um, I mean, I, I'm so sort of, I'm such a PlayStation person that I don't, I'm, I'm like, it's not like I, I don't care for, you know, the Xbox exclusives. I do, it's just that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not super passionate mm-hmm. about Xbox exclusives. Yeah. Um, and obviously I just think that Nintendo exclusives work so well on their respective platforms that I just, I can't really see. Take them away from Yeah, I, just, I, I don't, I don't see what the benefit would be. Gotcha. I mean, obviously a lot of people would, you know, love to see the Halo series and, and, um, and uh, Gears of War on, on PlayStation because a lot of people just have one console. Um, so I guess, yeah, it'd be great if that happened. But, like, personally, I don't really care. I do really want to see The Outer Wilds on, on PlayStation. Yes, yeah. If there's any game this year that should this be This year, if yeah. we're speaking specifically this year, just yeah. because it's such a great game and I just think more people should play it. Of first-party stuff, I would like to see uh, Banjo-Kazooie. On PlayStation One, because that would then complete the trifecta of Banjo having been in Nintendo, Xbox, and my and PlayStation, yep. which would just be perfect. But also just because I like, I think cutesier, more family friendly mascot platformers do have a home on PlayStation. Yep. But I don't know if they currently have a home on Xbox. Like it doesn't feel like that's a current interest of Microsoft Studios, yeah. especially with Rare so focused on Sea of Thieves. Like that that game went from being sort of like a we'll see how this goes to a thing they're supporting really well and has a really dedicated audience. Yeah. And I don't think Rare is going to be like, let's stop that and work on a banjo platformer. I feel that PlayStation and Sony in general has traditionally been more family-focused than yeah. Microsoft. Yes. I yeah. mean, just think about Knack and Mark Cerny and how that was such a push. Um, and it will be again with the launch of the PS5. Again. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I do, I think that's a good pick for sure. 
It's yeah, it's one of those things where uh, until Insomniac decides to make a Ratchet and Clank two revival, which given the success of Spider Man, <sighs> probably won't happen. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I would like that to have a home there. Uh, looking through the rest of the questions, uh, this is a funny one. I, if you would like me to read, I, I think it's amusing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read it just for fun. Uh, Johnny asks, would you ever leave IGN? Please don't. Just curious. Ha ha. And I mean, I'm going to say probably at the age of 70, I won't be at IGN. I mean, I, I'm planning on dying here. Oh, yeah. Life, like true lifer. Yeah. I mean, like they'll have to keep, um, like renewing my visa, even when I'm completely redundant. It's going to get real expensive. So it's going to get really weird. No, I did want to bring this up just sort of the idea of, because I don't think we've talked about this on the show in a long time, but like if you weren't working at IGN, like what is a like thing you wanted to do growing up? What is like another sort of either field or just line of writing? Like what would you want to be doing? Well, I feel like you and I have similar dreams. Yes. <laughs> Cause I started my, my, my career started as a, I was a, well, if you can call it a career. Uh, it, I, I was a playwright in Wellington, so I was like, I worked in theatre. And I did a little bit of, uh, you know, little tiny, tiny bit of TV stuff and radio stuff. And I think that if I hadn't gotten into this, that's where I would have continued to have gone. Uh, and eventually that is where I would like to, you know, I'd like to revisit that, revisit that at some yeah. point in my life. Yeah. What about it's, you? Yeah, I mean, I sort of straight out of college just started doing this, not mm-hmm. at IGN, but uh, I interned at Polygon for a bit and was writing variously where I could about game stuff and Entertainment Weekly and things like that. So, like, entertainment journalism as an umbrella has always been a thing I've been interested in. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. Like, if I if Netflix would accept my pitches, I keep writing them to he them. Write, and they he just, writes them... He writes them on like physical paper and sends them to Netflix, uh, Netflix's and offices in LA. So, just letting you know, if Netflix, if you're listening, please just you know, just to answer one bone. of them, just on the one bone. of those great, great ideas. No, um, but yeah, like I mentioned this on the show last week, but I just started finally like writing fiction again for the first time in a while, and it's nice to like have that output. Yeah. Aside from like, here we tell the stories of other people making things or write about the stories that were made and how they influence us. And it's also like, what, what is the creative muscle of writing those stories yourself? Yeah. And not every story you write is going to be that great, but it's nice to try to like work that muscle a bit more. I agree. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Did you ever write fan fiction? Please be honest. I'm trying to think because you would expect that I'd have written Kingdom I, Hearts like, fan I, No, I would like, I expect you to have like a tome. I don't. That's the weird thing. I wrote, um, the, lo- the longest thing I ever wrote, I'll get to in a second, but I wrote some probably, not Harry Potter fan fiction, but I tried. Uh, Harry write, Potter adjacent fan? Adjacent fan. No, I basically like, I've tried writing Harry Potter as a script for Various reasons I'll get to at a later date with Barrett Courtney. Um, but I really never wrote fan fiction. I don't have anything like against it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I like I think it's a great, useful, creative output. Also because at the end of the day, when you're a screenwriter trying to apply for jobs, at least how it used to be, if you listen to any writer talk about it, you basically had to write fan fiction of the show you wanted to work for yeah. and show them that you could write that show. Mm-hmm. So I think fan fiction is amazing and awesome. I just never got into my, it myself. But basically what I wrote was probably just like superhero fan fiction or like fantasy fan fiction just okay. as a trope. But I wrote like 200 pages of a novel as a kid. 
um, about a kid getting superpowers. It, you could never guess who that kid might have been in the book. But I wrote like 200 pages of that and that heavily what were his superpowers? Stuff. He had a variety of superpowers based <laughs> on his many adventures where he discovered these orbs with different powers in them that would grant him different abilities. That's so cute because I wrote fan fiction <laughs> and it was so horny. <laughs> <laughs> There's a market for that. Kindle singles, you can make so much oh, money. Oh no, I knew yeah. I knew that there was a market for it <laughs> You're because like, I, I was own reading that, that stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think that's writing for is, our respective personalities. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you couldn't already tell already, shows a bit off the rails. But uh, those are most of the questions um, I did want to mention. If you ever want to write in questions, especially as we're approaching Beyond 600, please write into beyond at IGN.com. Uh, subject line can be listener mail, reader mail, viewer mail, however you consume the show. If you consume it by transcription, I guess that'd be reader mail. Um, feel free to write in. We'll answer some emails on the show, definitely, for Beyond as well. Want to do that more. Um, but additionally, into the uh, Beyond inbox you can write your memory cards and which is my favorite part of the show memory card is a segment we've been doing here recently and i think we're going to do probably in a big way with 600 um i'll talk a little bit about that we can just spitball on the air i guess Mm -hmm. about that um memory card is a segment we do here every week where we talk about your favorite funny silly whatever memories about playstation that you've written into us at beyond at IGN.com, please use the subject line memory card so I know. Uh, we'll read some of those on the show. Everyone who's Otherwise, been, we'll just think it's like some old man's rambling. We uh, Brian and Max signed that email up for horse.com, so I get those once a day. So I do get some spam to that email address. Um, but memory horse. cards... Horse.com. They're like, don't... Just like get horse facts every No, day? They, they sell things. It's like buy, uh, not horse memorabilia, but like buy a saddle or like... <laughs> shampoo for their mane. I don't like there's 20% coupons off the all the time. I don't need those. I don't have a horse. <laughs> but anyway, so we get those emails in addition to memory card. Uh but memory card, please send those in. Uh we've gotten some really amazing stories, some funny ones, some super heartfelt ones, um some ridiculous ones. We love them all. Please write them all in. We have quite a few from the last week actually, so thank you all for writing in. Uh the first one I'm going to read is from Adam. Adam wrote Hey guys, big fan of all of your shows. They're an important part of every day for me. With the Final Fantasy VII Remake coming out, I thought I'd share a PS1 memory of mine. I'd spent a couple of months playing Final Fantasy VII as a kid, and I had just made it to the final boss. I guess, spoilers, there's a final boss. My younger brother came into the room at the time and wanted to play the PlayStation. I told him that he could play after I finished the fight. It was then that he noticed the playtime on my save file at 37 hours. He then ran to my stepdad and said that it was his turn to play the PlayStation because I had been playing for 37 hours straight. My stepdad barreled into the room and took the disc out of the PlayStation, despite my assurance that it was a total game time over months, not straight through. I never got the game back. I never finished the fight. I have no idea how the game ends. Hopefully I can get through it with the remake. Love you guys. Keep up the work. Oh, that is so brutal. I know, right? Nor- normally a lot of our stories have had sort of happy endings to them. That does not. Oh, not that's yet. awful. Yeah. I mean, Adam, I really hope that you can finally get the closure that you so deserve when Final Fantasy VII, the final chapter, gets released in 2028. Yeah, it might be a while, but uh, as you, if, if we're still recording the show in the decade when Final Fantasy VII Remake is completed, write into the show, Adam, Please and do. let us know, because I think that would be amazing to continue that story. Um Another story for Memory Card this week comes from Jeff. Jeff Roden said, hello, Beyond. I got a robbery story from when I was young. Mm, these are darker uh, Memory Card stories. Yeah. 
I read this over the weekend, and I have some questions for you, Jeff. So if you're listening, please follow up with some of the answers, because I forgot to email you before the show. Jeff wrote, after years of begging, my parents finally bought me a PS1. I was way behind the times since PS2 came out like six months later, but I was very excited anyway. Uh, that happened with me with the original Xbox, actually. I got it like six months before the 360 came out. That means you just have an awesome library. It works out. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Jeff wrote, the game that came with my system was Siphon Filter, which became the first game I adored. Fast forward a few months and our house got broken into. The robbers stole money, guns from my dad's gun safe, and also my copies of Siphon Filter and Cool Borders 3. Though I wasn't that mad they took Cool Borders. So while my dad was pissed about the whole ordeal, I was having a breakdown because my most beloved game was gone. But thankfully, this has a happy ending. With help from witnesses around the neighborhood, the would-be criminals were caught. We weren't able to retrieve all of the guns they stole, so those were still out there, but I was so thankful that the cops recovered Siphon Filter. <laughs> to this day, I, got, I get such good nostalgia playing Siphon Filter. I have the first two games on PSN and still play them from time to time. Thank you all and keep doing what you're doing. Jeff. Uh, he also said, PS would be awesome if the series was revisited somehow, i.e. a sequel or a remaster. Uh, if you haven't played Days Gone, you should check out some of the info about the end game of Days Gone, because apparently they teased that. Um, I have questions about that. Mostly, did they not take the PlayStation? Also, yeah, that's interesting. Did maybe maybe they just ran out of like maybe they didn't plan it and they just like were like oh we've just got to get as much as possible and they couldn't carry the PlayStation. Or, Although you would, th or maybe they already had one if they were stealing the games. Yeah, that's maybe they were also stealing things to flip, and maybe the market at the time they were like, I can sell these discs. I don't know if I can sell that thing, so I'll just take the discs. Like it could have been something like that. Yeah. Um, but you'd think that they would at that point just you take know the they would thing. take it to sell it. Yeah, you would think, but yeah, I, I want to really know what was, if if you're the robber of the story also and you're please write in, please write in and let us know why you didn't take the PlayStation. You know, when I was a kid, I I was fortunately my family was never robbed. I know that I'm very fortunate. Um, but a friend of mine, she, her family got robbed, and she told me that the robbers like left like a giant like turd in the toilet, and for some reason that like. That terrified me more than getting robbed. I was like, some men are going to come in and like do a big poo in the toilet and not flush. <laughs> and then they're going to leave. And I was like, I was kept awake at night at the thought oh of these God. men just doing that. I was like, just coming take, in my, pooping. take my PlayStation, <laughs> take my Mega Drive. Take the money, but leave. don't leave just the poo. Just don't leave the poo. That is quite a side. A, uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I was robbed. Uh, my girlfriend's car was robbed about a year ago, year and a half. And um, they took both of our bags and they took her very expensive headphones that she had, like her studio headphones for work, and then my Nintendo Switch. Oh, that's brilliant. But yeah, uh, we were able to find the two bags like three or four blocks away. Uh, we got a call because I had my business cards in there and they had my cell, like my, one of my phone numbers on it and they were dropped off at like the stoop of a house a few blocks away and the person found them. Everything else was in there except those two things. Uh, so they just stole the like most high ticket items. Yeah. But then didn't like throw anything out or use anything else that was in the bags. I mean, small mess. So we still have the bag. Yeah. I mean, my house keys were in there. Okay. So we yeah. Were able no, to that's get home. good. Yes. Yeah. Once someone stole my phone and I called it from another person's phone and they answered and then they went, Oh shit. <laughs> 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 what an 
amateur moves. Yeah. Oh man. Um, we have a few other stories if you have the time, Lucy. I do. I'm gonna grab one or two. Uh, again, thank you everyone who's been writing in with these stories. If you have something to share, share them to beyond at ign.com. Uh, we'll be reading them in perpetuity as long as we get them. Uh, Joseph wrote in and said, my first console was an Atari Jaguar, which my dad avoided. Mm. Wonder why he avoided. Mm. Was he afraid of Jaguars? I got to play for as long as I wanted without disturbance. For Christmas, a PlayStation was gifted to me as a gift. I got so much use out of it. That is, until Siphon Filter came out. It took my dad two weeks to beat the game. He got his teeth into it like a vampire into a beautiful maiden. Mm. Simile. It wouldn't have been yes. It wouldn't have been a frustration had he actually saved the game, which he never did. Two weeks of one PlayStation, usually in the pause menu, and me being unable to do anything about it. I attempted to show him how to save, but old habits die hard, and the PlayStation stayed on. It was entertainment starvation. Fast forward to the PlayStation 2 and Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid 2 was released, even though my dad had learned to save through the various iterations and sequels to Siphon Filter, MGS2 ticked that switch that told him he ne- had to never save. Again, the weeks went by as he slowly chipped his way through the game. At this time, we at least had some Game Boys to keep me preoccupied. Bonus story, it took my dad three months to beat Vamp in MGS4 because he kept pressing the wrong button to inject him. Three months of thinking he was pressing the right button and the game wasn't working right. At least he's persistent. And I've never heard as much of a dad story as... That is the most dad story ever! I pressed the button and it didn't go right. It's broken. Yeah. That's adorable. That like, shout out to your dad for being a legend and being so persistent, even though it wasn't working for him. Yeah. I, I appreciate the dad. commitment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry you didn't get uh, your system for weeks at a time, though. Um, one more I want to read this week, just because it's actually a sequel to one of last week's stories, so I didn't want to let too much time go by. Uh, Kelly, who wrote in last week with a wonderful story, wrote back in again. Uh, in the week intervening, and said, hey there, uh, one of my favorite things to do is sit and watch my husband play his super intense games. While I tend to go for more low-stress gaming options, watching him hack his way through games like Bloodborne and Neo is typically how I spend my evenings instead of watching TV. Picture it then. Late October 2018, he's playing Dark Souls 3 on PS4. I'm eight months pregnant and an exhausted shell of myself while I grow our son. I doze off on the couch while watching him play. He entered a new area of the game neither of us were familiar with, and as I lay sleeping next to him, something in the game unleashed a blood-curdling scream. I sit straight up, instantly sobbing hysterically. Josh, her husband, does not pause games for much, but he paused right then and there to calm down his heavily pregnant wife. After we got my hormonal crying under control, I got up and realized I'd even peed a little. (laughs) But hey, on the bright side, I didn't go into labor, which is where I thought that story might have been going. That's where I thought it was going to And go now out. our son is pretty much immune to all loud noises from hearing all these games, both from inside and outside his mouth. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, so Kelly, thank you for writing in. I love hearing about how children uh, deal with their parents playing games, which is sort of like a more common now phenomenon than it used to be. Um, so I appreciate all these stories. Thank you for writing in with that sequel to last week's story. Um, and thank you to everyone who's been writing in. We have a ton more. Uh, we were a little pressed for time, though, so we will be reading more in the future i do want to though um for beyond 600 figure out a way to have people call in with their memory cards. it'd be great like um, old school like saturday morning shows yes uh so i'm currently trying to work out a google voice mailbox thing we'll see how that works but if you have an audio story that you would like to tell um also send it in written just so i sort of have for both options depending on how these things work but please send, feel free to send in an audio recording of yourself um not video just audio because it's easier to integrate into the show uh to beyond at ign.com 
with, again, also a written version, just depending on if audio works well, if it doesn't somehow be compatible with our systems. We work with computers for a living, yet somehow still have problems. But uh, I think we're going to probably try to integrate some audio uh, memory card stories into Beyond 600 as we go through. Um, as this is not episode 599, 600 is a little further away, but we still have some fun stuff planned. Very excited about that. Um, but other than that, Lucy, obviously with Comic-Con uh, prep happening and then the show happening itself, we'll have a lot of that coverage going on. But are you working on anything right now? Anything from the features team that published recently you want to shout out? Um, mm, what do I want to shout out? Uh, I mean, anything that you read on the site that is not news, uh, aka from Mr. Uh, Jonathan here. Almost forgot my name. Um, I just was like, I just don't want to call you no, by your life. I was like, Mr. Jonathan is just sounds just feels right to yeah, me. Sure. Um, you know that comes from from my team. Anything that's not news, anything that's not a review, um, or you know, just gameplay. So just you know, leave a nice comment <laughs> on those. Because it means a lot to our wonderful authors. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I will be doing some fun stuff with It Chapter 2. I'm actually going to do some entertainment stuff this week, Ooh. which I'm really excited. I'm not, like, I'm just going to, you know, do some <laughs> an analysis of, of, of upcoming uh, footage. So Exciting. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to that. And, yeah, if, if you read the news out of Comic-Con, chances are I was helping make sure it happened. So please be sure to check out all of our Comic-Con coverage. We have a huge live show going on uh, throughout this coming weekend if you're listening the week this show comes out. Um, our Most of our entertainment team and some of the team from up here in the SF office will be down in San Diego covering everything huge of the show, having guests, big, fun, crazy panels, and all that stuff on that live show. So definitely watch. Just tune into IGN.com or YouTube.com slash IGN. You can watch all that stuff. Uh, but other than that, you can find me at JM Dornbush on Twitter and Instagram. And Lucy, you are at Luce O'Brien, L-U-C-E. L-U-C-E-O-B-R-I-E-N. And uh, you can find us there either talking about probably cute pups or whatever's happening on my instagram it's just like my girlfriend and my cat okay. and on twitter it's like my existential crises okay so the two together give you a full picture that's of right lucy yeah. gotcha uh and mine is just probably whatever kingdom hearts thing i'm talking about that day but anyway thank you all so much for listening to this beyond interlude of sorts uh beyond is live every wednesday at 3 p.m pacific at beyond.ign.com youtube.com slash igm beyond and your favorite podcast services around the world, unless I'm delayed in editing it, because sometimes that happens, but that's normally when we air every week. Uh, thank you so much for listening or watching to the show. We'll be back next week with a much more normal, practiced, you know, full normal episode. But until then, thank you so much for watching and listening, and beyond. Beyond. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.